0: Instagram influencer, award-winning concierge, hospitality advisor for numerous hotels and businesses, member of Le Clé d'Or International, USA's education and training committee, um, host of the podcast, Say Yes to Travel, creator of Ask a Concierge, ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Damdashi.
1: Thank you for having me. My gosh. Whew, that's I fun. think
0: you might have... Yeah, I think you might have like maybe the longest list of things. You're so busy.
1: I think I stay busy. What do you think? What's going on? (laughs) Um,
0: Well, I I have to say, I've been a fan of yours and following you for quite some time, and I just see you all over the place. So it's I just am loving connecting with all of these people who are kind of, I'll call it the glue of our industry that kind of give us a very well-rounded view of everything.
1: Well, it is this exciting time. I was actually having a conversation earlier today, just kind of thinking back on the past 18 months or so, give or take. And it, you know, we've all been kind of doing our things, but just in the past, again, like this past 18 months, we're interacting with people in such a different way and connecting with so many others in the industry that we might not normally have connected with. So uh, it's certainly an exciting time. And for me, you know, yes, that might be a laundry list of things, but I have to say, I'm just so passionate about the industry and being able to contribute, give back, and help move the momentum forward of the industry that I'm like, yeah, let's like dabble in a lot of things and and get creative. So um, that's just, you know, a little bit of my interests.
0: So I'm loving how you're saying dabble in a lot of things. Cause to me it's, we've entered this new world or we entered it and now we're coming out of it. And you've tried so many different medium um, or media. And as far as the ones that, as far as doing it a different way, which one are you finding the most enjoyable or the most effective that you, that surprised you from the past?
1: Ooh, okay. So LinkedIn actually. So, and I will kind of like explain a bit of that for those that may have been following me for some time. Very, Instagram was very much my baby. That's where I have like the largest following. I'm always on it every day. Very interactive there. And I love that platform in a lot of ways. It's given me a lot of fantastic opportunities. But last year in the middle of the pandemic, I was like, okay, I want to do things a little bit differently. And I started viewing the landscape as far as what people were doing in the travel industry, whether they were a travel influencer, whether they were a hospitality thought leader, I was just seeing what was happening. And I I was noticing, I was like, nobody's really kind of like keeping us to, like abreast of what's going on. And it's such a fluid time, so many things are changing. So I ended up doing these travel industry updates. And when I was thinking about it, also TikTok was on the rise and I'm like, I could go the route of TikTok. I also know that there's a certain bandwidth, which we will we'll probably talk about at some point is like, you know, your own bandwidth. I was like, okay, I can't take on too, too many platforms. But I'm like, let me double down on LinkedIn. And I had always been meaning to. It was one of those things that all of us, we have it on our list, that we want to do a bit more activity on whatever platform that is for us. And that was always on my list. And so I doubled down on LinkedIn last year. And I can't tell you how it has changed my world, like a complete 180. Who I've met, the connections I've had, everything is kind of coming together. It's grown. My podcast, everything just kind of makes sense. and. Uh, for me, that I think has been the most rewarding experience is to finally get to that, that platform that has always been a light to-do list and then to see the fruits of, of my labor kind of come back and be so rewarding and, and so enriching. And so um, a little bit of a long answer on that, but that's that's no. one I've been so excited to play on.
0: I really love it. And I, I think LinkedIn for me, just from my experience, I think in three or four years ago, I started writing content just about kind of what I do, not necessarily why I do it, But I was posting it up there with regularity. I said, I'm going to do this for 18 months. And it opened up all of these doors just by putting myself out there in a perspective. So it was pretty interesting. And I think one of the data points leading me to LinkedIn, and this was really powerful and I don't, I haven't seen this tool in a while, but I was on an airplane sitting next to this guy, Daniel Roth, who I think is like the editor in chief of, I don't know what his title is, but he's like some big content guy. And he said, oh yeah, you, I said, I wish it would be, I wish I could see my network visually. He's like, oh, you can, you'd go to this certain page. And then it showed like this web of all the people I know and how they get I've to react. I've
1: seen that.
0: Yeah. And I, I think they took it away, but it was a really powerful, uh, visualization. Of yeah. The network. So with LinkedIn and the other channels and knowing your bandwidth, like how have you seen your network expand and, and also not just in, in expanded breadth, but also in focus and depth?
1: Uh, So that's great because it is absolutely both of those. Because I know we obviously don't want to dilute ourselves as well too. But as far as expanding, I now was able to connect with other hospitality professionals in a way that I hadn't connected before. Yes, maybe if they stumbled upon me through Instagram or through other platforms. Oh, great. I love what you do. I also work in in the hospitality industry. Great to connect. But now being able to share um, content. That was even of more of substance, a substance, because that's always been something that I'm a big fan of is like you want to share value, you want to share substance. Sure. Do we want it to look good? Absolutely. Whatever that is, whether it's video, photo, but the substance and the value actually leads the, the way at the end of the day. So I was able to in, expand my network in that way, but then also get more specific in that I was able to share this travel content through the lens of the hospitality professional and somebody that had worked and was there. as I like to say on the front lines of travel, working with travelers on a daily basis. So it became far more specific and you know, they're really, it, it, it's just so unique. The lens is so unique to me that it's, it's been a really exciting journey because I've grown, but then also become more specific.
0: So that's, really interesting to me because on the being more specific part, yeah, I think you said this one thing that really resonated uh, in a previous conversation, but where the concierge w- was the original influencer, yeah, right? So now you're, you're you kind of have, you're, you're kind of surfing this wave of just a wide net, you're getting these really deep relationships. Mm-hmm. And how do you maintain that level of connection Ooh. to, to figure out like, which ones are, are the ones that are going to serve you, but also the whole industry and move it forward?
1: Well, so I think the key thing here is what well, you're saying what serves me, I don't look at it that way. I'm not too focused as what's going to serve me as much as how I'm going to serve them, you know, and it's like, I, it serves me down the line, you know what I mean? Or th- there's a byproduct of it. So I'm not going at it like with a me mentality, but as in a what can I do for them mentality, um, which I think is how we should operate in our lives just in general, because it's far more enriching that way. Um, but but it, it, it's going back to this concept, as far as like the concierge being the original influencer. So to kind of bring everybody up to speed that might not know a bit of my story, I had worked in hospitality for, for in luxury hotels for 18 years, 15 of those years as a hotel concierge, Les Cladore d'Or concierge, which is the gold keys of concierge. So um, the notion of what did we do? We were always invited to places to experience. And then. From our experiences that we would have firsthand, we would end up curating, um, you know, ideas or itineraries and giving professional advice to travelers on what they should do in a location. So when you take that model and you apply it to social media and this notion of being a, for lack of a better phrase, a travel influencer, people that are having an influence and giving their professional uh, you know, advice on it, I was doing that already. So it was this natural transition and I, I already understood, you know, photos and videos and how to use that to my advantage. So again, it was, it was a sort of natural transition, but kind of going back to that second part of what you were saying, which is, what were you just saying about the second part? Oh gosh, it was like- Well, the
0: second part was like serve you, but also connect the industry as a whole, or it serves, I think it was move the industry forward. Uh, That's
1: what it was. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, as well, it was basically giving a voice to maybe a part or a, a role in the industry that people didn't normally see. So for example, like travelers, love the idea of being able to connect with somebody that's like actually working at a property. And so not only through, through me, but then when I would make videos and go to different destinations, it was all about like finding that local hero. Who is that bartender that everybody wants to go visit when they go to that property? Who is that concierge or or that front desk agent that maybe does like a weird tap dance when you check in? You know, whatever that is is those are the the local heroes and i think it adds color and personality to to the hospitality industry which is what what it is in essence but it's bringing it basically to a digital world if that makes sense
0: it makes total sense and i also want to thank you for correcting me on what serves you i didn't i meant <laughs> if i could go back and clarify i meant what serves your unique perspective because yeah. i think I think that you have such a unique perspective and then to have that, have that lens of being behind the desk with the keys and also like instant scalability and storytelling. um, It's just, it's fascinating to see how everyone is adapting.
1: It is. And, you know, and I'll be honest, you know, when it comes to that, a a lot of it was happy accidents. And I really feel like when, if you look at anybody who's just really just follows their passion and finds something that's so, unique to them. It's so authentically my voice, you know, I am that person that was there at the desk. I, you know, you could see me, but like in real time, sharing stories where I would run to the kitchen and make my little latte with the chef not watching, you know, what I mean? and then to also share like real life advice and, Hey, this is what people are asking about. This is the real time feedback. So whenever you can kind of tap into what is so just you on a day-to-day basis and to you, it might not even seem interesting because you're like, oh, it's my life. It's, it's just what I do. But to others, it, it sheds a different perspective and people find it fascinating. So it's been a series of, of kind of like lucky circumstances. But again, it's like when you just double down and follow your passion, it's amazing what comes to
0: you. And with respect to your perspective, the journey you're on and how you're doing all this, I feel like it's a great lead into this question that I'm asking everyone, which I'm getting such amazingly varied answers, but they're, they're all kind of tied around a similar theme, which I, I can't define yet, but like, <laughs> how do you define hospitality?
1: Ooh, I love this. Cause we talked about this ahead of time and, um, it was so much so that I was like, oh, ding, 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 by the way, this was, it was. Not premeditated. It was like what came to me, but it was this intersection between human connection and and thoughtful experience. Because really, when you look at it, hospitality it is all about the human connection. Yes, there might be a digital aspect, but it's all about connecting on that human level. That's where hospitality comes from. You know, way back when, when people inviting people into their homes, like they're breaking bread over over a meal. That's all hospitality, and that's a human connection. And then the thoughtful experiences are what make it unique and make it special. You know, it's more than just inviting somebody into your home or having somebody over for dinner. It's having those conversations and, and it is finding those thoughtful experiences, whether it's playing on something like, oh, I know that you really love XYZ and tying that into it. So all of that kind of ties in into really what I think makes hospitality the, the good stuff that we love
0: yeah and and i love how you're saying a thoughtful experience because to me like like in writing you know focus on those small moments right and that those small moments are really the most thoughtful and people might just pass them by so if you could share like one of the most incredible thoughtful experiences that you've had like what are they
1: oh uh, so in Okay. So different things. I'll just, i kind of like name like a, a couple, one from maybe that I received. Mm-hmm. One that I received, actually, I just remembered it. Um, Cause this is actually so cool. All right. I was in Berlin and I was staying at the Ritz-Carlton Berlin and uh, on their, I was on their club level and you know, you have snacks and this and they had this whole honeycomb setup that was like honeycomb that they had that they got from their roof. And I'm like, what and they, they saw me i'm like making a video I'm like this is real honeycomb that's is so cool and they're like whoa okay american girl does not leave her house often. what's going on Um, uh, but i really was enjoying this honeycomb and you know i did a story on it whatever whatever a couple of days go by and just before i check out they brought to my room a a jar that they got of their own honey from their roof which is what the honeycomb was and they were like, here's a little bit of something for you to take back um, on your journeys so that you remember us. And it's cool. N- nobody asked for that. It's honey. It's so simple. But because they saw my genuine reaction and I was so tickled by it, and then they were able to um, to feed into that, that to me was so thoughtful. And, and why I also say thoughtful is uh, I think... All too often, people are like, oh, we can't afford XYZ amenity because, I mean, there is a business after all. I understand that amenities cost things, but sometimes the thoughtful things don't cost that much. It could be a handwritten note. It could be the handwritten note with a cocktail or something so simple. Maybe it's even something that, like, you buy on your way going into the property to give to a guest. So it's not necessarily about the price of like what somebody's giving back. But it's the fact that the guests felt heard and understood and related to. And that is where a thoughtful experience has come from.
0: As you were saying that, where you said cocktail and a handwritten note or, or, and, or, one of the things that jumped into my mind was the idea of time. They could have put a coupon there. They could have like given you a, a jar of honey as you were checking out. But I think like a well-made cocktail or a handwritten note I think for me, it's, it's that time that someone's vesting in it.
1: Oh, what 100%. It's the time. And, and it's also bringing you present too. Because again, you could be like, here's a drink ticket to have a drink the next time that you, you want to have a cocktail. Okay. That's cute. But to be like, oh, they paid attention. They saw you walk through the front doors after your work day. And it's, it's, a 515 in the afternoon and they know that you love espresso martinis and then knock, knock, knock on the door, room service is there. And it's like, uh, you know, the concierge or whoever wants to, you know, a little, a little, um, uh, happy hour drink to kick off your evening. I know that you probably, you may have had a long day, whatever it is. This is just sent from the front desk, the concierge, etc. cheers. And that shows so much planning and that they were paying attention and it was discreet too. It's like, Oh, they saw you walk in. And then within 15 minutes you have a cocktail at your door. I mean,
0: yeah, they, they, show, they saw you had the shakes. They're like, shit, we got to get her a cocktail. <laughs> All
1: right, maybe that too. Maybe that too. They're like, Oh, this person definitely needs a, a cocktail. But, but, you know, I mean, it, it, again, it's, it's simple. It's way to, way to take, I mean, like how much is one cocktail at the end of the day, but it's how it was executed. And that's, I guess also where the thoughtful experience comes in.
0: Yeah. And someone like me, I'm able to suspend all disbelief. So you can tell me anything as I'm eating or a wine pairing, just say, oh, hints of chocolate and raspberry. I believe it. And I I'm there. But at what point do, does that thoughtfulness of trying to get into that? You like the espresso martini that you're, you look tired and let's serve this to you. Where does that balance between creating a thoughtful experience and kind of being creepy and knowing too much? Like, can you draw the line anywhere in there? (laughs) yeah,
1: though no, I would definitely, it's interesting because I do have stories of individuals that were trying so hard to do thoughtful experiences. And then it was like, uh, space, please, please give them, please give them space. Give the, You don't need to follow them as they walk across the lobby to be like, Hey, 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 I want to show you something on my phone. Whoa. Okay. So there is a fine line, obviously, but I think it's like, if you, if you do things that are, It's all about being personal without being too personal. I think we've all probably heard a story or an example of somebody came to check in and they did research and then they had like a photo of their family printed out and like on like the table. And some people were really tickled by that. And other people would be like, you found a picture of my family on the internet. So I think it's also using discretion to be like, would they like that? Or or is it how it's presented? which I kind of mentioned before, and it's like how it's presented. So if you show up and it's like, there isn't really an explanation. You're like, there's just a photo of my family. Okay. That's a little odd versus, you know, welcome back. We know know that you're here for an extended stay. You'll probably miss your family. Here's something to remember them by. Okay. That was thoughtful and not creepy. So I think that that's what you have to really use so that people know that you're not like borderline stalking them.
0: (laughs) Totally. And There's also this other kind of gray area. I don't know how to define, but it's this idea of anticipation, right? So I've been on flights before where the flight attendant is past, oh, would you like more, more wine or more coffee or more water? And it's like, they're just checking in on a schedule. Then I remember once or more than once, I've been being on Singapore airlines and somehow I would start to feel thirsty and the flight attendant would be, oh, Mr. Ryan, would you like some water? Somehow they anticipated (laughs) But I was thirsty. I don't know how they did it. I don't know if you can even, if that's trainable, can, yeah, train that. can you learn that?
1: There was an infrared system just kind of like reading like your, your, your body waves and that's thing. Like, they were like, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. 1C is thirsty. Please go by. No, I'm kidding. What?
0: But I don't know how, I don't know how they know that. And they are always so good at it. There's something that they do they must be yeah. body language.
1: Yeah, it, what and that's what it is. It is it's understanding body language and you know at the end of the day it's it's thinking a couple steps ahead. I was I was having this conversation with somebody about how you you present certain things and it's instead of because you when you're thinking about the guest experience you also want to be mindful that you don't want to touch base too many times. Like let people have breathing room. You don't want to call them in the room too many times to get something done. You don't want to check on them too many times when they're, you know, on the plane. Maybe they're trying to get work done. Maybe they're just thinking. Um, so it, you have to have this fine balance where you check in just enough without being overwhelming. But then if you can think a couple steps ahead, maybe what might be the next question that they might ask, you know? And so whether it is, oh, it's been a while since I interacted with so-and-so guest they might be thirsty. Okay. Or if I'm going to, a guest ask me for some information on something. I don't just come back with the one answer. It's like, what do we think the next three questions are going to be? So let me get all of those answers. So then I can be like, Hey, This is available at this time. And by the way, in case you are wondering, they do happen to have XYZ on their wine list. And I know that you were asking about these special oysters. They've got that as well, too. I mean, I'm just making this up as an example. But it's because of having that conversation with them that you know where the conversation will go. So then you provide yourself with that information to minimize the interactions, but also anticipate where the interaction could go.
0: So it's, it's checking in and just listening and connecting with and see and kind of reading where they want to be.
1: Well, and I think it also taps into the human element of ourselves. If I were in their shoes, what would make sense? Like, what would I ask for next? Or does this seem right? It It's that type of things. It's, if you can just constantly remind yourself and put yourself in their shoes, um, I think it becomes far easier. And and on a different side of of things that sort of putting them in, putting yourself in their shoes. The hospitality, I will, you know, we can all acknowledge this is that the hospitality industry, it is difficult. It is challenging. And especially there are a lot of challenges right now. People are working long hours. Guests might not totally understand what's going on and and you can have these rough moments. But whenever I would have a moment at a desk where I was like, oh my gosh, if I get asked one more time where the Hollywood sign is, ah," you know, something simple like that. But then I stop and I would be like, who are you talking to? You might be talking to somebody who they've saved up for a year and a half to come on this vacation. And this is their special time. Or remember when you walked into this lobby and you interacted with so-and-so and they greeted you in a friendly way and how good that made you feel. And I'm like, I wouldn't be that person that makes them feel that good. So again, it's like constantly doing this role reversal to keep yourself sort of fresh and crispy, so to speak. Um, But then that also just helps like to this anticipation notion.
0: And with that idea of making them feel good and I loved, I could see you getting into that other person's shoes and like having that empathy. Right. And I saw that just in you doing that right there. (laughs) So as the world is opening up and you're traveling more and more and you're going to get back up on your pony and go, um, how do you feel like what, what makes you more the most comfortable when you're traveling?
1: Ooh. Uh, what, wait, what do you mean by what makes me the most comfortable?
0: Like when you're traveling, you, you name it, you're on, you're on the road.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do you feel comfortable when you're on the road?
1: Okay. So I think I'm a relatively easy traveler. So that's why I was like, where are we going with this? Because, because it's to me, travel. it's all about a mindset. So many things can go wrong. So as I know that, you know, <laughs>
0: yes.
1: so many things can go wrong and I just have this mindset that it's like, I am so lucky that I'm getting to do this. I'm so lucky that I'm getting to go on a vacation, if that's what it is. Maybe I'm traveling for work. I'm so lucky that I get to travel for work and I may not be standing, you know, behind a desk where I wanted something different. And I just remind myself that what I'm doing is a bit of a privilege. And when I remember that and I keep that notion of like, you never know what's going to kind of like come your way. I find that generally speaking, most things end up going my way. Very little doesn't. But if something doesn't go my way, I'm already in that mindset like, okay, we just roll with it. Okay, maybe not so convenient, not ideal, but what are you going to do? And so I think really, yes, you could have like first class seats or you could have, you know, make sure that you always have your car waiting for you. What are these comforts that make travel more that I more comfortable, but to me, I think if you just really go in with the right mindset, anything can come your way, and um, and then you're also, I i feel like you're almost like priming yourself for like cool things to happen, you know, because yeah. just we're like, gonna just experience it. And um, I, I don't know, yeah, it, that might be a bit of a cheesy answer, but but I mean, to me, it's like I'm always like, I'm so thankful I'm getting to do this and getting it's to.
0: It's not cheesy at all because I look at, it's, it's totally a mindset thing. I know I was sharing this with you, um, but when I went to Croatia, our flight got canceled after sitting on it for eight hours and yeah. I, it, at two in the morning and I slept on the chairs in Newark airport. I hadn't done that in 20 something years. So I really, re- and I was so happy to be on a I, flight again, at, at, at traveling with my wife. And it was just, it was a new experience that I'll always remember. And sometimes whether you're camping or whether you're doing anything and everything goes wrong, the weather's bad. Yep. Those are the most memorable times.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, I even had a trip to Utah, speaking of camping, and I was camping, and we did a hike that was more aggressive than what people in our group were able to handle. And we found ourselves, like, in 115-degree weather, running out of water, being like, uh, how are we going to get out of this situation? Okay. And it put a lot of things in perspective. It was, A, a reminder of like, okay, what can we do next time to be a little bit more prepared? We're all smarter than this. We could have definitely avoided this. But then, it, but then again, it was that perspective of, we were able to form these bonds. Like we connected over this experience that was not ideal at all. But, um, but we've got this shared experience that we'll have with us forever.
0: A band of brothers and sisters.
1: Yeah, 100%. And a-
0: yeah, well, but not all the fancy dogs like in Runyon Canyon, where you could maybe borrow some of their water, right? Their okay. bottled water.
1: Oh, no, no. I mean, we're talking about we were like, okay, are we going to take turns carrying people out of here in sand? Like it was that type of crazy. But you know, you so it's always great once you like kind of get through it, and then you can look back and be like, oh man, you can laugh at it. But in the in the middle of it, it, it can be a little challenging to laugh at.
0: Yeah. And no one had to cut their hand off to escape being wedged between me- a rock.
1: This is good, exactly.
0: <laughs> so um, thinking about, of all of your travel experiences, being behind the desk, talking to this wider audience, developing these bigger, um, deeper relationships as your, as, you, as your career progresses, like what do you feel is your best experience? Actually, no, we talked about best, maybe worst experience of hospitality that maybe informed you, of, that's a road I do not want to go down.
1: I mean, I, the, as far as like worst experience, it's, it's just seeing people who have just, they've hit their wall and they've lost their inspiration. Um, and they, that kind of ties into a little bit of what we were talking about before. But I mean, I get it. Like, I, it, it's weird because they always say, I mean, it is this industry that's based on this human connection, okay? And you want to be genuine and authentic, but you know what, we're also human. Some days we're not really in a good mood. Sometimes like we have life that's with us. And I even struggle with this notion I've had, um, I've heard managers and hotel owners say like, Oh, when you come to work, you're on stage, you put all of your worries to the side. And in one sense, I get it. Obviously you have to be a professional and in whatever industry you're in, like you have to push through a doctor. Can't just have a bad day because he's a doctor, like he's got to show up. So It may not be life or death situation with what we're doing in hospitality, but there is this notion of maybe acknowledging how you're feeling, but then looking at switching it and be like, okay, I'm tired. This is emotionally challenging for me, but let me focus on what I can give. And if I can maybe make somebody else's that day that much brighter, it might pick me up at the same time. So, I mean, so I think the the worst part is, is that it is a hard industry. It's so hard. And arguably some people don't get paid enough and the hours are challenging and people miss family events and stuff like it, I, I'm not going to glaze over that because that is so much a part of the reality of the industry. But to be able to remind yourself of, of the all the things that are special and unique about to be able to know that you can be a part of somebody's memory that they'll have for the rest of their life, even if they're not necessarily remembering you, but they remembered what you orchestrated, that is powerful. And that's me is like, if you can remember, I can make a positive memory for somebody that they will remember till their 80s or 90s. That puts a lot of things in perspective. And it maybe if you're tired, you're a little less tired then. <laughs>
0: and, and I think that goes back to that time and care and thoughtfulness, right? So, you know, it's almost like a Venn diagram of those three things like that lives right in the middle. Sure. And then when I think about the opposite of that, where you're saying that people have hit the wall and lost their passion, to me, I say that when you see those people, who are just phoning it in, right? They're yeah. just, they're just showing up. They're, but look, we're all entitled to bad days. So
1: of course, of course. That, and knows that as well, too.
0: But it's also, we, and I find in hospitality, there's that ability for anyone to really just turn it on for that moment of that interaction with the guest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because they're
0: on that journey.
1: Exactly. You know, 100%, they are on that journey. And to know that you have the power to be able to like impact somebody, you know, and to, you know, they can be like, wow, you made my day. That's kind of cool. Not everybody can say that in the jobs that they do. Not, not every buddy can say in their profession that they have the ability to make that memory for somebody you know like we have that and okay maybe maybe we don't make the most money out of like all the industries in the world or this or that but it to, ha- to be able to create something like that for somebody that's pretty that's pretty powerful and very special
0: so kind of running with that ball when you were standing behind the desk as a concierge and creating these memories What's the best memory that you have where you felt that someone was really cared for that you, that you gave?
1: That I gave.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, hmm, hmm. Oh goodness.
0: There's just so many.
1: There are are many. There are many. So I'll give you like a simple example and then I'll kind of give one that was kind of like, I even like kind of wowed myself. Uh, I I was like, Oh, well, that's kind of cool. No, but this, sometimes it comes down to just being these really simple moments. So we had this running joke that it, <laughs> that I kind of coined myself, but I was like, oh, it's the Sarah Dandishy social hour because I would have certain regular guests that would come and they would just come with like all their stuff from the day and they would stand at my desk and they would just talk to me for like an hour, two, sometimes three hours. And if you work an eight hour shift, three hours of a shift is a very long time. And it would step to the side if somebody came by. So they weren't, they weren't being totally like obtuse about it, but they just wanted to come and talk. And to have those moments, they're so simple, but they just wanted somebody to talk, talk about things, whether it was life, whether, wh- whatever it was. And, you know, what? I, I could have had the I, mindset of like, oh, my gosh, this person needs to get out of my face. This is really annoying. Or I could be like, you know what? I had this person that's in front of me and they're actually really interesting. They are an icon in their industry and we're just chatting and like, maybe I can learn like cool life lessons from them. Maybe I could just be an extra year for them. And so those to me are those experiences where I formed these like special bonds with people just over a a conversation, but it was because I, of just being really present and i know that's again it's cheesy but it you can take away all the fluff and it's like those present moments to have that connection is really cool now other ones where uh oh
0: wait was, before you, before you get into the other one just to my feedback or my comment on that one is okay. you were saying they're talking they're talking you're there you're open but really you're just listening you're yeah you're connecting and exactly. listening with like two two ears one mouth I, exactly i think it's something that oftentimes we, we we lose sight of like we have two of these one of these
1: well and think about it too in another environment we might be more apt to like chime in and this and that but in the environment of you know let's say it's a hospitality it's a hotel um in there oh, without getting too much into it there is this notion of like the guest is coming first and you are at service so of course by default of that, the construct of that environment, you're going to let them talk more. So then it forces you to work on your listening skills, where maybe outside, like if you were just like meeting up with somebody like for cocktails, you might be more apt to jump in. So it's a nice skill to kind of remind yourself because you do have to listen a little bit more and then choose your words wisely when you do say something. So, because you're kind of, you want to be authentic, but you, you need, it's still within the bubble of a professional environment.
0: Yeah. Well, now I'll go on to the one where you wowed yourself.
1: Where I wowed myself. No, so this is, I mean, this is just kind of like- when, Now I'm excited. Yeah, you know, so I, I kind of love this story and I've shared it before, but I, it's kind of this like needle in the haystack moment where I had this guest come and, you know, it was like towards the end of my shift. Like I was like, I'm like, you know, it's eight o'clock at night and in my mind, I'm like, can we, I'm, I'm going to bed in a couple hours <laughs> I can't with the dish.
0: Espresso martini.
1: Exactly. Definitely need it. Um, not on the clock though. But, uh, so this guest goes up and he's like, Oh gosh. Okay. Well, um, I left my bike in a storage unit by LAX. And I'm like, wait, what, what excuse me? What? And he's like, yeah, I, I was here. I was, I was traveling and I came back and I'm an avid cyclist. And like, Bike. My really expensive bike is in this like container, and I left it at um, a storage unit by LAX. And I have no idea what storage unit it is. I left it with a guy named Jose, and I'm like, "It's Southern California. We have a couple of Jose's." Yeah, um, yeah. All right. And he's like, "Can like, can you help me find this?" And it was this interesting moment where at first I'm like, "Why is this now my problem?" <laughs> like, what? what, what? Really? Like, you couldn't have taken a photo of anything. Like, you have no idea where your expensive bicycle is. And I had this moment where I was like, this is, this story is bananas. I don't know how I'm going to be able to find this bike, but I'm going to find this bike and we'll figure it out. So it, there was kind of like two, two things is like, A, I'm going to make this happen for him, you know, and make that moment happen. But then also for myself to be like, you can do this. And so let's go simple. to
0: San Antonio and look for the basement of the Alamo.
1: <laughs> no, but I should have. No, but it was actually very simple. I, I, also was like, okay, well, where did you find how, what led you to this uh, storage unit? And he was like, oh, I was referred to it by American airlines. I'm like, okay, okay. So I call American airlines baggage, by the way, for anybody who knows that who has tried to reach any sort of baggage anywhere, What's the likelihood of them answering? They never answered. Well, they answered. (laughs) They actually answered. And they're like, oh, we we send a lot of our things to ABC Luggage, whatever. Okay, cool. So I call ABC Luggage and I was like, hi, I'm looking for this this bike. By any chance, do you have one there? The guest doesn't have any information, but does this ring a bell that you might have something like this in your storage unit? Do you have a Jose that works there? They're like, no no, we don't have anything like that. But when we're full, we send items here. And I'm like, okay. So I call the next place, Jose answers himself. And he's like, oh yeah, I got the bike right over here. And so it was just one of those things of having kind of the right mindset and just being smart about it. So I had that moment where I was like, you go girl, you go girl, you switched your, your, the way that you thought about it. And um to be able to, to make that moment. Now, I mean, I mean, I don't know if the guest understood really at the end of the day what he, because I made it look so easy. Yeah. It made it look so, I was kind of lucky, but I made it look so easy.
0: And And you're right. It's a mindset because you're not, you're, there's a challenge and you're, you're a problem solver. You want to, you want to connect the dots or shorten the journey.
1: Totally. Totally. So that was always just one of my favorite stories just because it just, if you change your mindset and like you just get creative with it, it's amazing. what'll You'll be like, wow, look what I did. That's kind of (laughs) cool. So
0: so I haven't asked a concierge question.
1: Bring it. Would you like to know where you left um, XYZ in storage?
0: (laughs) No, it's not like that. So from my experience, I find that eight out of 10 times when I ask a concierge what restaurant I should go to or what they recommend, usually I'm not impressed at all. And it leads me to believe that somehow there's some kind of, agreement between or commissions paid from the restaurants to the concierges is that true
1: um okay so in some cities that has been a thing in the past like i think it was pretty heavy in new york it was i'll be honest it's never been a thing in los angeles mm-hmm. uh yes a, a restaurant might be like hey come in and have dinner for two okay yeah so you can experience the restaurant sure like that makes sense um but as far as like ever any successful program where they would like keep track of headcount and be like oh you make xyz money that that's never been a thing really in Los Angeles um in other cities they have done that um but I, so i mean and and to be fair it's like if you look at any sort of business it, it you look at commissions it's a it's a referral sort of situation so i think commissions sometimes get a bad rap but that's because um, the person, it, it's not the commission, so to say, it's what they did with their recommendation. So in very like broad terms, like if you ask me that you really want to go to this like romantic Japanese restaurant and I somehow convince you to go to like a a businessy steakhouse, like that's not what you wanted. And that's right. in very broad terms. So well, I guess what I'm trying to say is is that sometimes these recommendations maybe aren't thought through enough. And they weren't necessarily doing it for like an extra buck, but they just they just really didn't give a thoughtful recommendation. They were phoning it in. Yeah, they're kind of phoning it in. Because at the end of the day, like if I'm giving you a recommendation, whether it is a steak restaurant here, whatever it is, like I know because I've been there and I know that you're going to have an excellent experience and that's why i'm recommending it to you now granted there are also off nights some people have off nights and that that can be a thing but it's really paying attention to what is being asked and then giving that recommendation based off of that and generally that involves having a conversation actually this is one of the reasons why i always had a a tough time with people that would text for recommendations um and by the way i'm all for technology i'm i i'm but for me as a concierge, my difficult thing was if I would get a text from a room that's like cool sushi places in the area. I, I roll my eyes because I can't do my job without asking you a bunch of questions and that back and forth on well, the text is so annoying, you know, so I can't give you what I think is a proper I know 10 different sushi restaurants but do you want something more intimate? Do you want something more local? Do you want something sceney? Is it a romantic thing? Is it not a romantic thing? You know, do you, so all of that kind of comes through in an in-person interaction that you, you will lose that ability um, in a texting situation. So that kind of ties into like giving those real recommendations because that's the thing. Yeah.
0: That's I mean, super interesting because with the texting and the back and forth, I know you have a whole list of questions, but I bet you would pick up just so much by them walking in front of you and seeing what their vibe is.
1: Totally. 100%. You can. And also like, it can become like a cool, cool thing. It's like, what are you thinking? You want something more like businessy, this, that. So you can kind of toss out a couple and, or, or maybe they come to you like with their partner and you're like, okay, that's, looks like they're doing a date night or maybe you can, whatever it is. Um, you can see so much again in person and you can also without sounding like weird by saying this, but I mean, keep in mind, I've worked in, you know, Beverly Hills and and high end locations, but you can also kind of get a feel for like, okay, they look like they're going to want like more of an upscale experience or if they straight up tell you, where would you go? Okay. You want casual? Okay. We'll go casual. (laughs) So
0: it's really interesting because it's also re- like reading the room or reading the guest, right? So I had a I had a guest on previously, uh, uh, Christian Giordano, who is an architect. And what he does, if there's like some big change that they want to do, a facade of the building, they have different options. They'll yeah. actually show the rendering with pricing listed there. Someone will present it. And then someone else is reading the client's face to see like, oh, I don't want that. Oh, but someone can be the scene from reading the guests and reading the room and that's being open.
1: Yeah, totally. And that, and that's what it is. I mean, half the time, you know, I, I, I would always kind of joke around and be like, I know what they're going to ask before they ask it because a within the, that, that the parameters, like, you know, which way the conversation is generally going to go. Um, but it's all about reading them and like what they're kind of like bringing to you, or maybe, you know, you wouldn't, you can't tell that they're tired. And it's like, hey, maybe you want to just stick local tonight? They're like, yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Because you could see that they were tired. Versus you can't tell on them.
0: Yeah, the texting, it's I, I, it's very convenient, but so much is lost in translation.
1: And and I and I have such a hard time with that because I'm all for like technology. How can you like streamline the guest experience? But you just like lose that, that ability to, to read them in person where you can get that much more specific. But again, you know, I obviously genuinely care about giving a real great recommendation. And if you have others that are phoning it in, they can phone it in via texting. So,
0: so I'm totally picking up on your genuine care and your passion. It's like it it's oozing out of you, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then as you look at what the industry has been through, through COVID and the pandemic and where it's going and some of the changes that are maybe not, won't stay, maybe will stay. Yeah. What's keeping you up at night? as it pertains to our industry, as far as the changes going forward?
1: Um, As I don't know. For me, what I see right now, it's actually, I'm like very much of an advocate for the employees and for like the line staff, because I know how hard it is. And I feel like for so long, it's been an industry that's sort of taken those individuals for granted um whether you argue it's pay whether you argue it and this kind of ties back to what we were talking about earlier this like you want to be a professional and it's like you're thinking about it, it's like you're pay you're placing professional expectations on people that you don't pay as a profession if you want them to treat this as a profession they should be kind of compensated accordingly. And if they're not, and I don't mean to like harp on that too much, but it's, it's tough. Like people get tired and there there's that. So I, it's a tricky thing. And I, I don't know if I have that answer, what that is because as we're coming out of this, we are seeing that, you know, people may be taking this opportunity to explore other industries. And then you have other individuals that are in it and they want to stay in it, but it's hard for them because they're carrying the weight of five jobs in one. So, like, how can we kind of get past that where, you know, it, it can be something that we can support? How can the industry better support the people that really make it what it is? And that is the line staff at the end of the day. So, I don't know that I have an answer for that, but that to me is like, I think the biggest thing that I want to put a band aid, not a band aid, because that's temporary, but like, I want to help fix uh, the guest experience i mean i i think everybody's in general is going towards more thoughtful experiences and and i mean i think there's just a natural evolution with that i'm actually excited that because of the pandemic we've been forced to jump ahead a couple steps because notoriously the hospitality industry is very slow moving and adopting technology and new ways of doing things. So this really forced us to be more creative. And I think that's exciting. So that's the exciting thing. Um, but, you know, how can we just kind of like take better care of, of those that like are, are the staples of the industry? We need to like re-examine that.
0: And I think, and I've heard this echoed a bunch of times, but now it, it's the best time ever to start a career in yeah. hospitality, I think, because really it's, there's such a need for it. And the growth is. Unlimited and yeah,
1: definitely. I, definitely. And it's now's the time. And there are positions. And maybe now's a good time that you can be fast tracked. So maybe you can even get promoted three levels within a year, where before that might be harder, depending again, where you are in market and all of that. Yeah.
0: Um, and then as far as you and all of your new audiences, your new media, and kind of the path that you're on, like what's your biggest challenge or need? If you could change something right now, what would it be?
1: Um Oh, that's a good one. I, I mean, I think really, like at the at the end of the day, the biggest challenge is, um, I I mean, the biggest challenge is like we're kind of all coming out of this together, so it's like how can we best support each other? Um, and it's and it's at a time where like finances and everything are still tough for everybody across the board. So it's like, how do we get out of this together? Um. I, I think it's, it's just kind of like the biggest thing to, to navigate and just, you know, for me, it's like just to have patience and continue to kind of like lead with, we just continue to lead with adding value and know that things will kind of come back in favor for everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. And then in adding value and with, think, with things coming back and you giving yeah. so much, like, what does a, what does a perfect day look like to you?
1: Oh, I mean, I have I have so many fun a perfect work day for me I think.
0: yeah no, or just a life day you you pick a day you wake up and what's well, your perfect day
1: oh goodness um, I've actually had a couple of them as of late where I had moments where I was like oh pinch me moment so I'll just even use an example of a day but I I had one where it's like I was up and I was able for me I love being able to connect with audience an audience on a broader scale so uh, I was able to actually do a couple different like. Uh, make a couple different TV appearances where I was able to share what we can expect and travel talk about how exciting it is uh, because it is coming back. And so to be able to share that. And then now I'm very excited because over the past year, just how things have opened up uh, I've got a lot of really inspiring um, individuals, beacons in the industry that I'm so touched and honored that I can call them friends and to be able to touch base with them and hear about the exciting projects that they're working on and what's getting them going. And then, and then I went up to a destination and we were filming that destination and bringing it to life in person. So for me, it's like, was able to kind of combine this like educational aspect, this sort of like inspirational connecting networking element, and then the create the creative part of it. And that is really bringing. You know, destinations and properties to life that um, you know, bring you to a new audience of people.
0: Yeah, I can see you really light up as yeah. we talk about that. <laughs> so, okay, so with that, as you're lighting up telling me about your perfect day and yeah. like, your perfect day today, if you yeah. could go back to when you were a concierge behind the desk with the gold keys on and you could offer yourself as a concierge some advice, what would you what would you say?
1: Oh, I mean. Uh, several things. I definitely. I I mean, I think. But I think the biggest thing would be, and it's kind of, um, circles back to what I mentioned before: is just that reminder of like, we are so, like, because I didn't think about this until after the fact. Um, I get to be a part of somebody's memory, and I think if I reminded myself, like, positive memory, if if I reminded myself that more on a regular basis, I think it would have. I just would have viewed things even, even more, even deeper than what, what I did at the time. Um, cause that was, I mean, in full transparency, I hadn't really put that together until later. In fact, I was told that thought by a very dear friend of mine that I had worked with in the industry for so, so many years. And I had interviewed him for my, my upcoming book. And he said that, and I was like, Oh, whoa, that is so powerful. So I think that that would be kind of like the main thing is and always that reminder of patience as a virtue, but I'm pretty patient as is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think being a part of someone's memory, there's almost a sense of um, immortality or um, impact with that because if you're really part and seared into someone's memory, you're, you're just bouncing around their mental circuitry. They're going to tell someone else that's going to keep on going and they, it may actually alter the arc of their life as well.
1: Completely. Well, and it it goes back to that notion of pay it forward. You know, it's like everybody always talks about how like you, you can smile to somebody and that can like turn their day around and the next, you know, they do something to somebody else. And like the impact of that, that domino effect. And so I always would say is like, never underestimate the, the impact of, of a good deed or a smile and how it can just, you'll never know. You will never know what the true impact was, but you just have to have faith that like, it's going to, it's going to have this positive domino effect. And if you can be the person to like push the first domino over, that's pretty awesome. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. So then as far as seeing you light up and talk about this, it was a work day. Now, let's say it's not a, let's say you're not working. There's nothing, there's no work at all. What is, what do you do? Like what lights you up the most when you're not working?
1: Oh, um, I think it would be, I mean, it would be exploring new places, um, and then also like being outdoors. I, I, that's, I think, I don't know how many people necessarily know that I'm, I'm very physically active. And one of the reasons being and why I like being outside is it gets you out of your head. We are so oh. in our head, all of us, we're in our head because we're in our phones and this and that. And so to be out and exploring a new destination in person, on foot, on bike, whatever, But like interacting with a destination like that, to me, it just, it's so exciting because you're not in your head, you become fully present. So what, maybe it is this amazing meal. You're trying a new food that you haven't tried before or you're, and that could be anywhere. It could be like in Thailand, exploring all these cool temples to going up to central California and exploring like a hike or some dunes. Like it, it doesn't need to be, so grandiose, but it just gets you out of your head and, and you appreciate like what's around you.
0: Yeah. I love it. Like it's being mindful.
1: Really. Yeah. Yeah. something I'd have to say I fully, I kind of feel it sounds a little cheesy, but like, that's what I, I looked. I mean, like yesterday I went on the hike and I had this moment where I was like on this hike looking over Los Angeles. And then I look and I see this building and I'm like, I was just there this morning. Like I was there this morning doing a podcast and they had all of those interactions and like now I'm here and I can see there and get, I don't know, it was this like weirdly weird moment, but, but I was definitely grateful for it.
0: I love your, I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, so we're rounding third base now. So like, yeah. how, like, how do people find you? Where, how, do, how can people stay in touch of everything that you're, you're doing or how you're bringing the industry together and forward.
1: Well, I mean, I would say, you know, wherever the platform is that you really like to play on, I'm probably there. So we should connect there. Uh, Heavily, heavily active on uh, Instagram for sure, if you want to, to connect there as Ask a Concierge, but also LinkedIn as well. So uh, for other hospitality professionals, definitely let's connect there. There's more in the pipeline that I will be sharing. Uh, I've been relatively quiet for myself as of late, just in preparation for a book that I will be having come out. So I'm kind of gearing up for that. But uh, so yeah, find me anywhere as Ask a Concierge or connect with me as Sarah Dandashi. I am always on my phone. <laughs> so um except for those few moments where I do disconnect. So um definitely never, never hesitate to reach out and connect because that's the easiest way. Or you could go to my website, askaconcierge.tv.
0: Great. Um tell us more about your book.
1: Ooh, okay. It's called Hospitality from Within. I will have a date coming out shortly of when that'll be available. It will be available on Amazon. And uh, What I love about it is it kind of combines all the years, kind of everything that we really talked about today, all these years of experiences and these stories of what I've learned from behind the concierge desk on how to interact and engage with people in that genuine, authentic way, which is that notion of hospitality from within. It's coming, in essence, from from the heart. Uh, But because I also have this breadth of this network of other fabulous... Um, concierge and industry professionals, I was like, it would be remiss of me to just share my stories. Like, that's just so narrow-minded. Like, let's see all the colors in the world and in different languages and different, different demographics, because that just goes to show you how universal hospitality is. And so uh, I have a lot of stories from other colleagues from around the world, which is just so cool that people... Showing you the memories that they were able to help create for other individuals. So I'm excited for that to come out. Um, I'll be sure to share details. Follow me online for that. Um, I'll let you know as well, too. But yeah. very excited about it.
0: No, I, I in all these interviews that I'm doing with people, I'm learning just different viewpoints of hospitality because it's not limited to hotels, it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, what I'm learning, I think, could definitely turn into a book. So it's, it's just really exciting to learn from others. I'm so curious about what everyone's perspective is.
1: Oh, totally. And, that, and again, that's like what I did as, as well too, is I also interviewed people that I've known for years. And the person that, for example, that gave me that light bulb moment about being that memory maker for somebody else, like that person works in technology. Like, he was very much adding like hospitality tech but he got it on a very different level. So, yeah, it's always powerful. If we just always keep our mind open and we just have these real conversations with our colleagues in whatever field they're in, it's amazing what we can learn from each other.
0: And I think it's not just keeping our mind open. It's, as you said before, it's keeping your heart open, too.
1: Oh, definitely. It's it's totally keeping our, our heart open because... You know, it it is. We what we're doing is very. It's a very raw experience. Like if it's really at the end of the day, we're connecting with people on that emotional level, and that can be draining, but it can also be extremely rewarding. So if we if we tap into that and appreciate that we are able to have those moments, it just makes life so much more enriching.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, Sarah, I just want to say thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you. I learned. I learned so much and it's just been so great to get to know you. Um, Also, I want to say thank you to our listeners. I hope this talk has evolved your view on how to deliver hospitality and also make sure that other people are cared for on the journeys in your life. So I'm sure you learned something today. And if you did, please share the podcast with someone else, share it with a friend. And thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Sarah. And we'll see you next time.
1: Thanks for having me.